And as you all saw just a few minutes ago, the president is doing better. He slept well last night. Uh, he ate his breakfast and lunch. I fully. He actually showed me his plate. Republicans seek to take control of the House of Representatives. Republicans are going to retake both the House and Senate. A liberal MSNBC host warning Democrats about the potential for a red wave. Do we have any sort of canary in the coal mine type indications of where we may be headed on that front? Fox News is calling the Virginia governor's race for Republican Glenn Youngkin. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. Welcome back to the Ruthless Variety program. I, it was Ashish Jihad. Is he, is that guy like a doctor? Yeah. That's what that guy is? Yeah. You got to love, like, imagine being a foreign country and you have received word that the president of the United States, he uh, he showed you his play. He's a big boy. He had the chicken nuggets. He's a big boy. Member of the Clean Play Club. It is. He really, really earned that jello. Like, <laughs> the adults are in charge. He's a big boy. Sounds like a hospice nurse. He's got a, a couple of vanilla puddings <laughs> that he's rewarded for his clean play. But you know what? The funniest part about that for me was that he, you know, he, he started in on it and everybody laughed clearly because that's like you're talking about the president of the United States. Right. He thought it was like a comedy bit. Yeah. He's like, no, no, no. They're laughing because that's ridiculous. You yeah. know what? It reminded me of Major League. When Leslie Nielsen is calling strikes and all of a sudden the crowd goes wild and the balls are going all over the place and he's like, steer, right? <laughs> hey, they're laughing. Yeah, right. No, for all the wrong reasons, Mr. Ja. Uh, listen, we got a big program here for you today. Absolute banger. Uh, Absolute banger, folks. The, fir- the first off, let's thank Megyn Kelly. We went on a show at the end of last week. And that was a banger. It was. It really was. And thank you so much, Megan. Always, when we're on there, we have a great time without exception. They picked uh, just good topics, and we're sort of like little wind-up dolls, you know? All you got to do is <laughs> tee us up, and then it's a ball. Like, every single segment, we have fun. <laughs> totally, totally right. And we're going to keep doing stuff with Megan, so keep your eye out for that. Uh, this is going to be a big game show. Yeah. And I know, I know we haven't played a ton of games lately. Yeah. And that it's eating some folks up. I know. We just we've had so many guests. We've had so much content. So much stuff going on. Just just putting logs on the fire. You know? Keeping the furnace hot. We're gonna make it happen here today. We've got a lot of stuff. But the first thing we want to get to, which I think is incredibly important. Thursday there's gonna be a new GDP report out. Right? And I think Ashbrook talked about this almost a month ago in terms of a date that this administration cannot ignore. Because it's gonna it's gonna be something that basically they've put on the tracks for months and they can't deviate away from it, but the report comes out nonetheless and it's gonna be shitty. <laughs> you, and you know, they've done a lot of pregame on this. They have salted the earth trying to tell people that it's not actually a recession. It's wild. It's like uh don't trust the experts. Listen, folks. Yeah. Everyone on earth knows two consequent you know, consequential uh uh consecutive. quarters consecutive yeah. Uh, GDP quarters where you're negative, that's a recession. That is like from time it, immemorial. It's the definition. Literally the definition. And they're like, well, actually, folks, uh, let's try to. Like, the science not, is still yeah, out. The science <laughs> is still out. It's unreal. They're like, it, the, the, the thing is, is that, and you see this very, very uh, frequently, like from the left, the, the purpose of controlling language. Yeah. Right? When they're like, here's the definition of, like, the reason they won't answer, what's a woman? It's because there's power in being able to control 
language. And so when they're like, oh, this isn't a recession, just because the dictionary says it is, doesn't mean it, don't believe your lying eyes. Like, it's okay, you're paying more for everything. Uh, gas costs a lot. Uh, the economy is terrible, but believe us, everything is great. Not a recession. So they sent out Janet Yellen. This is from the AP. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen on Sunday said the U.S. economy is slowing, but pointed to healthy hiring as a proof that it's not yet in recession. Liar. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, just for a second, assume that you didn't have your head jammed directly up your ass for the last two years, and you actually missed somehow that a third of the American workforce was laid off during the course of COVID. Um you'd think you'd still look at these hiring numbers as a result of like, how does it affect your economy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And what, what you look at with, with this particular economy is that like we're barely back to where we were. Back to the baseline. A, from a hiring yeah. perspective, just from a jobs perspective. Now you have to add 250,000 jobs per quarter or per month, I think. I forget the, what the per is, but it's something in order to just be sort of responsibly online in terms of growth. Throw that all out the window. They're basically getting back to where we had it in 2020, and they're saying, well, don't worry about a thing. And the thing is, a lot of this is preying upon the ignorance of the journos, where they do not understand how the economy works. So they were like, well, if you look at the hiring side, there are no problems there now because, uh, and and this is a huge fallacy. Whenever you look at economic data, you're always backwards looking. So you're like, every recession is the same as the one that just happened. This is the same reason why everyone who in 2008 looked at 2001 was like, oh, I can predict what's happening. And, and those individuals, they just got washed. The problem here is you're looking at a situation where uh, uh, inflation is outrunning any expectations, anything that the Fed can really do. They can hike interest rates, and, and like there's rumors they're going to go for a full-point rate hike. They can't get inflation uh, in check, and it doesn't matter where the jobs numbers are because it's it, it, it's if, if uh, an economy is not healthy and companies are feeling like, uh, which we are seeing now. Every report that you see, every company feels like going forward, things are going to be bad. And as a result, if sales are bad because people are like, this is an inflationary environment, I'm not going to spend money, then those companies well, are going also, to come uh, back on costs. They also and broke then, the then, goddamn supply chain, which is, I mean, look, there's not just this, right? We got all kinds of different problems. The data that's coming out Thursday covers new homes, Right. Consumer confidence, incomes, spending, inflation, and overall output. The highest profile report will likely be Thursday when the Commerce Department releases its final estimate of the economy's output in the April to June quarter. Some economists forecast it may show a contraction for the second quarter in a row. Back to your point originally, Smug, that's the definition of a recession. But Smug, you said they're playing on the ignorance of journos. I think they're actually playing on their bias. You think so? Because they're saying what they want to be written, and some of it is actually being written, regardless of the facts. And what I do not understand is, in their right mind, why would they argue 
the semantics of whether we're in a recession or not because you talk to regular people out there and they're like this economy is terrible my prices are up i feel like we're in a recession and, and then and then their leaders are going to be saying you know what it's not as bad as you think and getting into an argument over the definition widens. it's unbelievable like it is the dumbest absolute dumbest move and, they could make and to me that's what feels almost criminal at this point is the way that this administration is trying to paint this like rosy picture while Americans are suffering and trying to gaslight them on the data when like the data clearly shows and 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 we're going to see this folks like it's awful but we're going to see this country's in a recession but this administration is actively trying to cover like it's a cover up when they're like we're going to change the definition of a recession ahead of every every institution on earth realizing Two quarters in a row, negative GDP growth. That's a recession. Yeah, here's the thing. If there were a Republican in the White House, every journalist and every oh, yeah. Democrat would be saying, oh, we all know, we all know the two-quarter rule. We yep. all know the two-quarter rule. This yep. is, we yep. are in this a recession. This is an attack on so democracy. So let, let me just remind everybody, the, the economy shrank 1.6% in the January to March quarter. And, you know, by definition, two consecutive negative readings are considered informal definition of a recession. Um there is an effort afoot here to try to change all of that. And Yellen is kind of leading the way where she's talking about the labor market, which, by the way, has no indication as to what a recession is. It's always a lagging indicator. That's right. Right. One way or another. But here's her quote. This is not an economy that's in recession. <laughs> in a period of transition, which growth is slowing, from a historically rapid pace in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> and this hurts because she knows better. It reminds me of the early days of inflation, you know, in the Biden administration. Yeah. They it, called it transitory. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't here to stay. Which she apologized for vociferously right. over the last three months. So you'd right. think it was like, it's the same hand of cards, yeah. lady. Like, this, you know, <laughs> this administration is destroying her credibility. Like, yeah. she is culpable in the sense that, like, they have absolutely politicized her. She, she used to be... So, like, Yellen was the gold standard. She was very reliable when she was at the Federal Reserve. Now, as Treasury Secretary, this administration is, is just pushing talking points of being like, you need to help us push the message way more than her job, which is actually make Americans uh, knowledgeable and abreast of what is actually happening. And they put her in a situation where they ask, somebody asks her, how's the economy? And she's literally like, mm, I'd say strong to quite strong. <laughs> That's basically what she's got going on. Well, here, here's here's sort of the giveaway, I think, in this this piece here. On Wednesday, the Federal Reserve is likely to announce its second 0.75% uh, point increase in a short-term rate in a row, a hefty increase that hasn't otherwise been implemented since 1994. That would put the Fed's benchmark rate in the range of 2.25% to 2.5%, the highest level since 2018. This is the key line. Fed policymakers are expected to keep hiking until its rate reaches about 3.5%, which would be the highest since 2008. Yikes. But I don't, here's the other thing. And look, I'm not a Fed policy expert. If any, if we have one, it's smug, which, you know, I mean, look, it is what it is. But <clears throat> why is it that they just kind of keep incrementally doing this when everybody knows we're fucked? I just, they don't want to shock the system. And, and that's my fear is, so this whole question of whether it's going to be 0.75 or 1.0. And the thing is, at this point, I feel it's semantics because their fear is if they drop a 1.0, everyone's going to know the game is up. But it's already up. It's, it's just up. a matter of extending it. That's the thing is like, it's like musical chairs. They want to keep the music playing because they see how bad things are. I like, 
I'm 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 so horrified when you look at the economic data because that you know you look at the Fed has a dual mandate. It is to keep uh, employment as high as possible and also to keep inflation as low as low as possible. And so they're in a situation where inflation is 100% out of the control. All folks are like, should we go back to like a Volcker situation of just like going hard in the paint, raise interest rates, cause a recession, and it's going to be worth it at the end? I think well, that you is bounce a- back. I mean, it's it's worse in the short term, but you bounce back quicker. Like they're they're basically just managing decline and, at this point, aren't and, they? Are they here, not? Here, and, and and here here is another factor that the media is not writing about that has actually had a positive impact on our economy. When Joe Manchin announced that he was not going to support tax hikes yeah. with the the smaller yeah. version of Build Back Better. The Dow responded. I don't know if you guys have seen oh, this, yeah. but Bruce, yeah. Bruce Thompson, who's a friend of the program, he's an economist we all follow, read, read him at Washington Examiner, but he's got a piece coming out about how Dow has bounced back about 1,000 points since the day Manchin said, you know what, we're not raising taxes. And that's the thing is, like, all these policy stumbles, all, all, all the pain that everyone is feeling in your 401k is because of the behavior of this administration. And it's a direct line. It's no question. No, it is. It is. It's not even. It, there is no question. There is no question, as evidenced by what you just said, right? Manchin said no more, no more of this uh, tax hike talk, and all of a sudden the market responds. Right. It turns out what Democrats want to do is actually very bad for the what economy. they want to do. Yeah, who if knew? You were to if who would have guessed? Socialism is actually very terrible for an economy. If somehow Democrats were able to keep hands on power after this election. This is what they would do. Right. They would make it a hundred times worse. Right. I mean, I don't even know that we understand the depths that this economy could sink under these assholes. I mean, it's, it's genuinely amazing. So, more warning signs: housing market chills as mortgage mortgage rates and prices scare buyers. So, the prices obviously have been inflating for a long time. The housing market was red hot pre-inflation, right? But now, this is according again to AP, the Federal Reserve has aggressively raised short-term rates to fight inflation, which in turn helps push rates higher for credit cards, auto loans, and mortgages. Rising mortgage rates have combined with already high home prices to discourage would-be buyers. What's so incredible about this, from my perspective, is like I live in one of the most hot housing markets in the country because it's it's almost recession-proof, and it's surrounded by government, right? I'm not proud of it, but it is what it is. And even that... Even that has gotten super soft in the last two months. I've talked to a a bunch of realtors in the last couple of months, and they're saying where we were last year in terms of people pursuing new homes pales in comparison. Like They're actually working hard to try to put people in the hottest market in the United States. This, I'm afraid, means bad news for the rest of the country in terms of home buying. And as we know from 0809, once that shit starts to slide... You're talking about people who have a huge amount of their net worth invested in in the, that. The vast majority of Americans with a positive net worth, it's based on home ownership. And so when you're in an environment where interest rates are getting hiked and hiked and hiked, right? And uh, you looked at existing supply that was out on the market, and a lot of folks bought in when it was at the high th- during the pandemic. This, this this administration has basically done everything that they can to encourage and enable 
poor economic decision making. Listen to this like stat. When Joe Listen to this stat. This is unbelievable stats, Mug. The rate on a 30-year mortgage averaged around 5.54 this week. According to mortgage uh, buyer Freddie Mac, a year ago, 2.78. That's the mm, thing. Wow. Yeah. Holy well, shit! And, and you know the supply is also in the in the, in the number of people who can af- actually afford a mortgage, that is squeezing rents. That's raising rents. So people people who can't afford to buy a home, they're looking to rent a house, and the rents have gone up in cities across the country, and people are struggling not just not just on the price of groceries, not just on the price of gas, but on the price of rent. And the White House is telling them that they're not in a recession. I mean, get out of here. And, there's and a reason why his political play. And we should be honest. This is like a cover-up. When you're trying to change the definition of what a recession is, yeah. any journalist worth their salt would call them out on this. This is – I mean, it's it's so fucked up. It's well, so, you're just lying. This is, this is why – it pays to have a Republican in the White House because you have a media who is willing to keep the power accountable. Yep. They won't hold a Democrat accountable. They never will hold That's a Democrat accountable. That's true. They just don't. They just don't. Listen, let's uh, let's uh, lift some spirits here, okay? We're going to play our first game in a while. Yeah. Let's play Demer Journo. So we're going to actually switch things up a little bit um, oh, this week. throwing a curveball. little curveball. Ashbrook's going to read them this week. He, oh. he has personally... Um, cultivated this bespoke number of entries for the game and i i think we should give him a shot does that mean you're gonna entry no no okay no we're gonna we're gonna keep it with the same two contestants yeah and uh we're also gonna keep it with the same subject matter this is on recession okay all right so the first quote we've all heard plenty of talk about a possible recession but at least for now there's no evidence of it in the surprisingly resilient u.s job market (laughs) And it's the best is that they hit the talking point in the job market. That is so like, how deranged are you to <laughs> willingly say that to people? If that's a journal, you know it is. It yeah, that's what's that's what's so messed up. Oh, that's incredible! All right, so just just as a reminder, there's four of these. There are yeah, just as a reminder for folks, there are four statements. Three of them come from journos. One of them comes from a Democrat. Okay. And it's up to these two guys to figure out which is the Democrat. Okay. All right. Ready for the second one? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. We get the first estimate of second quarter GDP on Thursday, and it's quite likely that it will show the second straight contraction. That is a common definition of a recession. Oh, my God. But it is not the official one. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Listen, uh, the ball going over the plate is the common definition of a strike. (laughs) (laughs) Not the official one, Smug. That is what the umpire said. How do you look at yourself in the mirror when you tell people this? Oh, my God. This is amazing. All right. All right. I'm ready for number three. I'm all jacked up now. Those two are great. Number three. It is unlikely that the decline in GDP in the first quarter of this year, even if followed by another GDP decline in the second quarter, Indicates a recession. <laughs> this is tough. He did a good job. Oh my god! This is <laughs> so messed up. Okay. Okay. Number four. Ready for four? Yeah. 
It's not officially a recession until a small group of experts impaneled by the National Bureau of Economic Research in Cambridge says so. In Cambridge? Yeah, he, he's, he's trying to play the, like, NBER card, which is just, like, the last bastion of an idiot. <laughs> where it's like, dude, come on, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Wait, all right, are you going to make The NBER a- card is, like, such a, like, last bastion play. Like, get the fuck out of here, bro. I'm yeah, re- it's not a recession. We didn't get the right TPS report yet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I put the cover sheet Shut the fuck up, dude. Like, <laughs> Are you serious? I want I, like I really need the names on all these people because like they all should be shamed. He's coming out of his chair. This is so fu- like it's enraging to hear these morons. All right, uh, do you want to guess and I can turn around? Yeah. All right. Okay, that's my guess for the demo. I can't but believe I you can guess like that. I, I like this is I have to work my way through this. This is really difficult. It, it, it's tough. Like. Uh, on this set, it was basically who made me the angriest with the theory that, like, they must be the damn. But it's like all of them, all those statements were so disgusting because they're culpable with Americans suffering in the sense that they're trying to cover up from an administration, which not only is responsible, but actively trying to continue the suffering. Can I ask a question? Yeah. I, so this is a little bit unorthodox, but what's the deal with Cambridge? Cambridge Analytica? <laughs> <laughs> because we were told that was a scandal four years ago, and now... No, but is this a thing? Is this something Is this something that's like a... Uh, like, I assume they're talking about Harvard, right? No. What, the, what are they talking about? I mean, this the, is the like... Na- the National Bureau of Economic Research is located in Cambridge, apparently, but I think that what, the, what this person... This is unorthodox, but what I'll, I'll give do my best to say what I think this person was. He, they were trying to sort of spin against the the elite who's making the decision. Mm. As if they aren't the elite writing that it's not a recession. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, so the, the first one to me, uh, possible or surprisingly resilient, is just like straight up White House talking points. Mm-hmm. Like that's just straight up White House talking about. So ordinarily, you would say like that's got to be the dem. But playing this game enough, I feel like it's got. It could be a, very well be a journal. It could very well be a journal. So I feel like I'm going to go one journal. Uh, in the second, the common definition thing, but not official. Ooh, that's Journo. I'm taking Journo on two. I'm taking Journo because I mean it feels like for that they ha- they're giving at least a little bit of play to what everybody knows should be the definition of of recession, and then they're trying to spin out of it. Um, they're all such scumbags. <laughs> I think like- I'm gonna go with number three is the dem. It, it indica- indica- I think I think that's what I'm doing. I think I'm going to number three. Okay, so Holmes was correct. Number three was the White House. Really? Ah! <laughs> number three was the White House. Who was number four? Number two, four. Oh yeah, go ahead. Well, two and three. Two we and, need we need the names of all these scumbags. Yeah, two and three were really interesting. They sort of pivoted. Like 
they're different takes on basically the same totally. information. I just felt like there was one little piece of it when they were saying common definition. Yeah. It was like the fig leaf of right, reality. Right, 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 right. Where they're right. like, oh, I'm not I'm yeah. impartial. Yeah, and I'm doing right. this because I'm sub- <laughs> objective and I'm a journalist. Yeah, yeah. But like, obviously, okay. All right. So let's so, get some names. Yeah, so, name and shame. Yeah. So number one, MSNBC. Read it, read it again. <laughs> We've all heard plenty of talk about a possible recession, but at least for now, there's no evidence. No evidence. Of it no in a surprisingly evidence. resilient U.S. job market. I mean, it's wild. So, like, uh, one quarter already of negative growth is not, uh, you know, any evidence. That's zero second evidence. on the way, wait, zero evidence. Zero, zero. Zero. Number two is New York Times. Are you oh, serious? common come on. definition of a recession, but, but not it official. Is, it is in all caps. Not. Can we get a name? The official Can one. Can we get a name? Ben Castleman. Are you serious? Come on. Come on. He's a clown. Number three is the White House. Number four, it's not officially a recession until a small group of experts and paneled by the NBER yeah. in Cambridge says so. Boston Globe. <laughs> Which is an actual total shit newspaper. <laughs> wow. Like, That's wild. Honestly, in a just society, they'd be in jail. What did, wait, hold criminals. on, Smug. Which one did you pick? He I, picked four. Yeah. He picked Boston Globe. Um, because honestly. Honest mistake. Yeah, I mean, they are, if you think about it, demoperatives. Like, sure. It's a criminal enterprise. It all is. It all is. That's what makes the game so hard. <laughs> so I guess we just to clarify the rules here, um, the Dem is someone who's actually paid over the table by Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> the journos are, they may vote Democrat. They may do their bidding, but. It's a bit of indirection. What a game. What a game. Uh, Dem or Jerno? How about that? Dem or Jerno? 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 Nobody knows. Nobody knows. And truly, nobody knows. <laughs> truly. So, in other words, actually, right on this exact same. Uh, Discussion. Senate Dems are set to advance a bill with billions more in spending. Fantastic, right? I mean, these assholes never learn. Uh, This is according to Axios. As Democrats enter a crucial week in their bid to pass a huge health care bill without Republican votes, they have yet to decide on how to target hundreds of billions of dollars in spending, a call heavily dependent on the politics and Senate rules. There's no shortage of things that Democrats would like to use that money for. Of course not. There ever is. Uh, at the top of the list is more COVID funding. Oh! You know, if, if, if we're being honest, I think Dems having hundreds of billions of dar- <laughs> dollars for, like, untargeted measures, eh, maybe you'll end up okay, right? <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure there'll be no problem, uh, which the White House is saying it needs for in order to, to buy more treatments, tests, oh, yeah. and vaccines. Wow, guys. I mean, they're seriously still pushing this. Some skeptics also question the wisdom of extending ACA, that's Obamacare subsidies, for only two years, which would have the uh, them expire right before the 2024 presidential election. That's what they're concerned about. That's what, the, <laughs> that's what they're concerned that's the about? Concern. That's the concern. So just let me just break this down because this is this is stuff that you actually need to know. So what they're what they're going to do when they say they're going to have uh, the government negotiate with drug companies. Means they're going to have the government price set. Yep. Right. Yep. They're, they're, the government is now going to be fully involved in 
the price setting of drugs. So marketing, development, R&D, all the things that we use that makes kind of the American healthcare system the most preeminent in the world in terms of our ability to treat problems. They're going to have the government sit over top of that and tell what people can buy. Right. And like how much all that shit costs. And then they're, they have this like phantom agency that's going to tell us how much we save yeah. as a result of all of that. And because we're going to have all of these savings that have yet been realized because of the government now being in the prescription drug business, they're going to take that and spend it on, I don't know, let's find out. It could be COVID. It could be more state and local. Aren't there How about still some more billions? state and local? Yeah. Aren't, there, aren't there still billions of dollars, COVID dollars unspent in the Tens state and Tens of billions yeah. of dollars that are just yeah. sitting there, right? And these guys, these guys are now on the precipice of talking themselves into passing a bill that spends hundreds of billions of dollars yeah. On top of the fact that we have nine percent inflation, yep. all on a ruse. It's all on a ruse. It's. I mean, it's really like handing an arsonist a book of matches. That's what this is. Is you've had terrible ideas and you have failed miserably. Now continue to do so. It's and what do they insane. care about? What do they care about? So so there is a huge part of the Democratic Party that wants the money that they're going to quote unquote save to go to Obamacare. Where does it go to Obamacare? Mm-hmm. Does it go to you? Does it go to your ability to pay for health care? Nope, nope. Does it go to you know extending your ability to pay for pr- prescription drugs and things like that? Nope. No, no fucking way it doesn't do anything like that. What it does is go to insurance companies. It goes to insurance companies to subsidize a premium so they politically can say, Oh my gosh, the premiums haven't gone up this year. So they just moved the money. They just to another moved place. the money. This is fucking Enron. <laughs> it's Enron. Yep. Who would have thought? Oh man. That's that's literally what's happening. But they're taking money because now they're getting in the prescription drugs business. Right. They're taking money out of the prescription drugs business and they're giving it to the insurance companies because that's your direct pay. Because your bill comes from them, right? And they don't want you to know how much the shit actually yeah. costs. <laughs> so they're going to subsidize that. So your bill, you look at, and you're like, "Oh, it didn't go up." And you're like, "Oh, okay. I guess nothing went up." Some, oh, must that's, not, some Ar- that's some Arthur Anderson must, shit right there. We must not be in a recession. I, <laughs> <laughs> Think about how fucking crazy these people are. So, can you explain something to me, Holmes? Here, I, I assume this is because of reconciliation, the way that they're going to choose to pass this, but. Here in the Axios story, it says a call heavily dependent on politics and Senate rules. So can you explain what that means? So the Senate rules component is, it's something called budget reconciliation. It allows you to bypass the filibuster and pass things only on a partisan line. Now, it's a 50-50 Senate, so they need every single Democratic vote to support it, which is why Joe Manchin's had such a heavy hand over the last year and a half. God bless him. (laughs) Yeah, because he's the guy who's, who's the only Democrat in the entire face of the planet, willing to vote against this nonsense, yeah. which is insane if you think about it. It's, the fact that he's like... It is insane. And it's he's willing, wild. willing. He's not like, no, but he's, well, let me, you know, let's let's see if we can get to some kind of accommodation. He's still working on this. But, but the point is, is at the end of the day, what they're trying to do, and this is what they're responsive to. Listen, let me read this again. There are murmurs about extending them for another year, which would cost another $23 billion per CBO 
And the people who are concerned, we're talking about the premiums again, people are concerned are that we would only get two years out of it that would come up right before a presidential election. The timetable right? is so telling. To say nothing about the fact that your health care costs are going up, they're just subsidizing it, masking what's happening to your yep. costs, but their only concern is whether or not you realize those costs before you can vote Democrat again. Think about that. It's so <laughs> insidious. Think These about are such that. awful people. Do you want to know what their second priority is? What's that? There's also a push to use some of the money to respond to Roe v. Wade being overturned. Of course. Overturned. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you get you give states rights and and they're like, "Yes, let us spend more federal dollars." I mean, guys, this is the this is the this is government at its absolute worst. Yeah. This is this is when you know you've hit rock bottom in terms of both politics and policy. The only thing that they care about at all is masking what's happening to you it's still happening to you yep it's just at some point you're going to realize it that's politically advantageous they, to they're, all, they're also they're also <laughs> playing on people forgetting what happened last year do you remember last year when mm-hmm. they passed their trillions in spending there was literally a hundred billion dollars that went to state and local governments to pay for pensions that were underwater and the money just sat at the Treasury Department for the longest time. Hey, wild guess. We're, All these corporations, like the healthcare companies, are uh, donating 20 to 1 to Democrats over Republicans. I bet they're all uh, uh, very happy about this situation. Well, it's not so bad wild to be an guess. insurance company. Yeah. Right? If you're an insurance company, you just got – what you're looking at is an entire Democratic Party – that is aligned to try to fleece another industry to get the government in, in, involved in the prescription drug business in order to subsidize your industry to make you actually look better to the people that you serve. And by the way, you pretend like it's a free market system. I guess the, the point you, I, you pretend you pretend like so you're the guy up. that's just selling it's the so policy, <laughs> especially like if, if, personally speaking as a small business owner who has to pay for Obamacare. And you see what Obamacare basically is, is just a payoff. To all the damn insurance company donors. That's what I'm paying for. That's I'm it. Getting, my health care has not improved. My premiums have. My health care has not. The point I'm making is that last year they passed a trillions in spending ostensibly to address the pandemic and to address health care and related issues. Why are we here 12 months later and this problem is not fixed? They spent trillions of dollars. Our groceries are more expensive. Mm-hmm. Our gas is more expensive. Mm-hmm. Everything is more expensive because of what they passed last year. And this problem still was not fixed. And, and the answer is because they figured they could get all Democrats on board with protecting their political hide. What they didn't know is whether or not later on in the cycle they could pay for anything under the sun. And early in the cycle, when everybody's enthusiastic about a new administration and Democratic majorities, you can actually just go sky high, right? Why not have a couple of billion dollar slush fund for every city in America? That's what this right? is. That's it. That's it. And so if you're wondering why you're paying 9.8% on average inflation on anything that you buy, if you're wondering why it is that houses still cost everything, if you're still wondering why it is that like your economy just fucking blows it's because of that early decision now they're coming back to you to say this next big decision this next big problem that you have and it's coming october remember early enrollment yep. early enrollment yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. gets back into your into your uh, insurance company stuff nobody wants to re-sign you don't want to go back through those books 
right? Nobody wants to look back through the books and try to figure out a different healthcare plan. It's tough. It's difficult. Nobody understands that. What they're doing is saying, just stay with the one you got. Yeah. Because I'm going to take billions of dollars out of another industry, which, by the way, we'll figure out the ramifications of that two, three years from now, for sure. But we'll, we'll, we'll worry about that later. It, it, We're going to take that money and send it right back to those insurance companies so you don't have to feel that pain. Kicking the can down the road is like the modus operandi of this administration. Like, we will cause problems and we will do nothing to address them. I mean, but there's a practical reason for all of this, right? And when I mean, we talked about it on Megyn Kelly's show a little bit, you got a lot of frontline Democrats, particularly the Senate Dems like Maggie Hassan, Catherine Cortez Masto. They got August recess coming up, but they got to go home and see constituents. And they can't say, sorry about the price of gas, can't do anything for you. You know, so they they need something that they can run on, right? And so, like this is that that fig leaf over the disaster of this administration. What's so laughable is they're going to say they're going to straight face say that they've reduced the price of prescription yeah, drugs, right? Which is completely hilarious. <laughs> your your TV will be blanketed with Absolute these ads this lie. fall. Yeah, Absolute it's lie. a it's a straight face lie. But all they've done is move money out of that pocket into your insurance company so they can subsidize. Which, by the way, you're not going to get a cut. Nobody's no. going to get nobody's going to pay less for healthcare. Nope. Nope. <laughs> you're probably paying as much if not more, but you're just not getting completely bankrupted by the system. And they only did that because they just tried to destroy one industry to pay the other. It is just a remark and by the way, they've had no no healthcare ideas. For 2 years they've had not a democratic a majority, idea. not a single thing has come up. Remember they spent 3 months on trying to convince everybody that we were like somehow disenfranchising black voters across this country like they spent they spent months months they are losing so much ground on that fake bullshit argument of like oh my god people of color if they can even identify the gender of these voters like how radical the left has become at this point there are latinos now in record numbers running to the gop because the dems have just lied to them lied to them them. take them for advantage lied to them yeah, no, I mean, look, it's it's we could talk for hours about it, but we've got we've got another thing. I wanted to bring this up, uh, Duncan, because I think this hits kind of in your wheelhouse. Okay, Kamala Harris is heading to Indiana. <laughs> She's heading there because the state pre- uh, prepares for a new abortion ban, and the uh, pro-abortion rally is going to be taking place. Uh, There's a building for it. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Evidently, they have the facility necessary. I mean, they do host the NFL Combine, so, you know. She she hasn't been to the border yet, right? And she is, <laughs> she is the border czar of the That's administration. Right. Absolutely. She's getting the border under control. Oh, yeah, totally. So, so uh, let's just read. This is Politico. Harris visits deep red Indiana, which was confirmed by three people familiar with the planning. It comes as a state has become a flashpoint in the national debate over abortion rights. Leaders in Indiana uh, State Senate proposed a near-total abortion ban on Wednesday with exceptions only for life of the mother and in cases of rape and incest. Uh, Here's what the White House had to say about it. That's our VP. Uh, Going to the belly of the beast and making clear that the Biden-Harris administration stands on the side of all those impacted by these horrific laws and those standing for our reproductive rights. The belly of the beast. Okay, if we can be honest. The belly of the beast. The the only people who hate Indiana more than smug is is our White House. Indiana is the belly of the beast. Smug smug lib confirmed. this, This is confirmed. This administration has done a lot of wrong things, but like Indiana, yeah. 
belly of the beast. <laughs> Have you been to Indianapolis? There's nothing. It's a one-story buildings, 10-mile 10, 10 radius. It's just like gravel. Nothing. There's no buildings. It's like a nuke dropped. But think about how the White House is framing this in all seriousness. The fact that they that they say that a state in our union is the belly of the beast tells you everything they need to know about divergent viewpoints. Right, right how they actually view people who are pro-life or conservative in this country. And it's half the country. Yeah. Belly of the beast? I mean, you gotta give credit. Like, the first time they got something right. You know, broken <laughs> clock, maybe. Also, Indiana's passing a law. Um, you are the vice president of the United States. Well, uh, why don't you go back to Congress and, <laughs> and get a law passed in Congress? Again, they had three months to try to figure right. something out. Yeah, they got the Dobbs decision leaked, and their plan was to cry in front of the Supreme Court and get fake arrested by clogging up a street. Yep. I got I got to work, little, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I got a little bit of a different take on this. Oh, I'd love to hear it. How better for the White House to say, I give up, than send Kamala Harris to yeah. take <laughs> <laughs> it's like I mean, I don't think they care about it anymore. It's like that's the sign is if you don't care about anything, send Kamala. It's like the guy at work who, who gets relegated to like the special projects, and you know he's going to get fired in six months. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like, like Kamala Harris is the special projects, uh, you know, VP. And I love Pete's like have at it, yeah, hundred percent, have at it. He is so like no one is happier right now. Even though he's responsible for going on vacation during the like supply chain crisis and everything, Mayor Pete is so happy watching Joe Biden having COVID and Kamala just struggling. He's like, this is the best time of my life. <laughs> I'm real. I'm real. All right, let's play another game. Uh, let's lighten it back up. Claim to fame, folks. Don't you know who I am? Remember my name. Claim. Brainworm takes you're gonna like my post most i feel engagement forever broken brain takes with no shame queen hot takes up to 11 saving joe biden from blame queen it's gonna live forever ronnie remember my name remember 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 oh I love God, that theme so song. Good. So for our new listeners, Claim to Fame is when I read four tweets, three of which have been retweeted by White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain. Um, he is addicted to Twitter. Yeah, oh God, this guy. And, and he has been like especially out of pocket and out of control. <laughs> like, yeah. A place he's going bad. He's very he's generous. out there on Twitter. He's like, yeah. We got problems. Generous with <laughs> Time the, for me to tweet. Generous with the RTs. I, I read something recently that he was like DMing like a kid who runs like an anonymous pro yeah. Biden account. No. Yeah, seriously. It's the White House chief of staff. It's gotten that bad. Yeah, that bad. Um, okay. Well, statement number one. And this is, uh, this is from Michael Reed, who's columnist from the LA Times, um, quoting Max Boot. We seem to be sleepwalking to disaster. If we don't wake up in time, we could lose our democracy. Just because we've avoided a breakdown in the past doesn't mean we will stave it off in the future. Max Boot on the U.S. <laughs> this, like, wild democracy argument is, like, it doesn't resonate. Polling shows it doesn't resonate, but they keep pushing it. They just they can't. Yeah, they because every, every Tuesday we have a primary in this country. You know, <laughs> so, like, like, people are like, I'm voting right now, asshole. What are you talking about? <laughs> 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 so 
good. It's so good. Statement number two here. I, I I want that shirt. I'm voting right now, asshole. What are you talking about? That would be a That's good like shirt. The battle cry of the Republican Party. Uh, this one's from Andrew Bates over at the White House. Um, this is actually a poll quote from Media Matters. Oh, my God. Quote, cable news spent more than double the amount of time covering gas prices when they were rising than when they were declining. Oh, boy. I like that one because it's really whiny. Oh, boy, that is... Gas price is up over two bucks a gallon, and these guys are trying to spike the football. They're like, why won't everybody talk about it? Do these out-of-touch fucking Uh, assholes. I just love that they're crying and working the refs on gas prices. Uh (laughs) Also, there's just the the vision of the White House Chief of Staff, RT. Right? It's just like, nuts, What a fucking bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You know? It's just such a bitch move. Okay. Um, So so this one is a, a quote tweet of a David Rothkop um, tweet. I'll read the original, and then I'll read the quote tweet. The original from David Rothkop. Since mid-May, Joe Biden has undertaken one of the most ex- intensive foreign policy marathons in recent memory. Oh I had a one-on-one God. conversation with NSA, yada, yada, yada. You get the idea. Jake Sullivan. <laughs> <clears throat> um, this quote tweet is from, democracy is worth fighting for. Yeah. it's. I'm not even going to read the handle. <laughs> I keep the person... Anonymous. Name a shame. This, Name a shame, Duncan. This is such an excellent read by D.R. Rothkopf. It is kind of astounding how little credit Biden gets for all the things he has done right. This is a great example of how hard POTUS is working to repair the damage Trump did to U.S. interests abroad and set us up for the future. Wait, wait, hold on. This is from Democracy is Worth Fighting For. I just want to make sure that I understand what I've got going on here. So so this is a, just a random account? A random account quote tweeting a David Rothkop um, interview. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Was, was it retweeted or not? And, and imagine having such little integrity that you, like, try to defend this administration. Like, that's what this comes down to. Oh, it gets even worse. Who, who, is, who is And he's retweeted three of these. He's retweeted three of these. He's retweeted three of these. Uh, it gets even worse. This on the same David Rothkop uh, piece. Uh, we got another quote tweet here. Wait, from this is not submission number four. Number four. This is from Greg Sargent. Oh god. Oh my god. Quote: Even Biden's critics must acknowledge huh. that his administration to date, and the last two past two weeks in particular, have revealed an extraordinary personal effort by an engaged, globally respected president and a strategic vision Jesus. that is both. In innovative and long overdue. Oh my God! Reminder, I even, like for, I don't know what to do with that. F- for the folks at home, he is discussing the same administration that left Americans to die in Afghanistan, had no plan for withdrawal, and we lost a dozen, over a dozen service members due to his ineptitude. But but smug, even Biden's critics critics yeah, must acknowledge right? he's like, repairing the damage. He's globally respected. <laughs> I don't know if you understand that. Like, I am honestly at this point glad Greg Sargent blocked me because, like, you have to be a sick individual to (laughs) willingly put that out into the world. It's globally respected. What is wrong with you, Greg Sargent? All right, so we've got got four statements here, four tweets. All right, hold on. I'm going to turn around. Yeah, my vote, I mean, it's 
fuck Greg Sargent, dude. Like, <laughs> I think he's telling you. Dude, have not, some integrity. Like, he doesn't think he's Good God, so you don't, dude. You don't, what is you don't wrong think Ron Klain RT'd Greg Sargent, okay? All right, let me break he this down. He can't be that shameless. Let me get. Let me break this down. The gas prices one, the one that I called like a total bitch retweet. Yeah. That's definitely something you retweeted. Yeah. In okay. my view. Right? I agree. He okay. is a total bitch. It's like, oh, yeah, no, there were 267 when we got in charge, and now they're 580. Yeah. And they went from like $7 to 580, so we should be celebrating. That's another I can't Biden win. <laughs> Nobody's fucking celebrating. That's another Biden win. <laughs> what a win. I can't believe people. Are, that's definitely something he. That's a brain worm beyond brain worm. Okay. Intensive foreign policy. That's like something that you know. When you get establishment staffers, both on the Republican and Democratic side, what they pride themselves in in is sort of using vernacular that would seem like they know much more than you do about the results that you're seeing yeah. in front of you. Yeah. Right? It's like, mm, no, you know, these are... <laughs> It's an intensive foreign policy, globally Like, what is intensive even saying? Uh, you know, I mean, it's like all this shit, it seems to me like that is a perfect RT of claim, okay? Okay. So for me, it, it, it comes down to sergeant or boot. Okay. And in this case, because... Sergeant also goes to like the globally respected. We go back to the <laughs> establishment. Uh, what is exactly innovative about it? That's what I want to know. Well, no, no, there's nothing. Is all the dead Marines? Absolute failure. Like, that's but, super innovative. But that's the thing. That's the thing is that if you can talk about this esoterically, yeah. in a way that like people, what you don't know is what you don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right. right. It's like, oh, you don't have all the information. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We have the information. You don't have all the information. If you can do that, particular in foreign policy, that's catnip to these assholes. Okay. So I'm going with number one, Max. Boot is the non-RT. Holmes is 2-0 on the game. Yeah! He nailed it. Wow. He nailed it. I felt it today. I just felt it. It felt like barrel of the bad stuff. When you got your swing, you got your swing. Dude, Ron Klain, you are a sick fuck for like retweeting (laughs) that sergeant take. (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with you, bro? Smug's on one today. (laughs) That is nuts. Brainworm takes forever. You're gonna like my post most. I feel engagement forever. Broken brain takes with no shame. Queen! Hot takes up to 11. Saving Joe Biden from blame. Queen! It's gonna live forever. Ronnie, remember my name. Remember. Ah, uh, so good. It's so good. All right, so here's what the last topic I want to hit because I don't want to lose sight of this. Mm-hmm. We talked a lot about the leaked Supreme Court decision on Dobbs. That's right. And how, I mean, it literally was one of the most precedent-breaking events in the history of the three branches of our government. Yeah. And one of the most sacred things that you have amongst justices is uh, privacy Mm -hmm. and your ability to talk through opinions come to consensus. And if you don't have that, like ultimately it's very, very difficult for the Supreme Court to function in many ways. And so this this Supreme Court decision leaks 
it's an outrage to anybody who's ever been a part of legal communities in Washington, D.C., and Roberts immediately announces that he's going to have an investigation to find out how this decision leaked, right? Well, do you guys hear anything about that shit? So so this is the thing, and, and this is so incredibly important. So uh, I noticed today journalists, especially one at Reuters, tried to just like whitewash this and be like, Oh, you know, maybe the opinion got leaked and maybe a bunch of rioters and a mob showed up outside the house of Supreme Court justices and threatened their life. And, you know, maybe one tried to assassinate Kavanaugh. But you know what, guys? Like, this isn't kind of important. Someone tried to assassinate Brett Kavanaugh. Period. Every American should be incredibly concerned of the fact that the left has radicalized and normalized this kind of mob of violence of where AOC thinks it's a fucking Instagram photo op to illegally protest the Supreme Court. There were mobs that were sent to the houses of every Supreme Court justices with the express intent to intimidate them for the outcome that the left wanted because the thing is that like they did not have the law or the constitution on their side. What did they have on their side? Violence. Well, I really liked what Justice Thomas said about this. Can I read his quote? He Please did, do. Justice Clarence Thomas, the longest tenured member of the court, said that the trust of the court had been irrevocably harmed. Here's his quote. When you lose that trust, especially in the institution that I'm in, it changes the institution fundamentally. You begin to look over your shoulder. It's the kind of infidelity that you can explain it, but you can't undo it. Oh. And the left is trying to turn the page on this investigation. Well, they don't want it to happen. Here's the concerning part to me. The Supreme Court will not say whether it's still investigating. They won't say, right? Uh, fix the court, which is the the place that intimidated Breyer out of his seat. and try. I mean, they're they like the, the left-wing version of, I mean... They're funded by New Venture Fund. It's Arabella Advisors. It's yeah, all the same the is, like, dark money bullshit. All these left-wing dark money groups... <clears throat> listen, let's be honest. They're the ones behind this. It was such a, like, handoff, the way of, like, leaking this, and they've got Brian Fallon and Demand Justice and all these left-wing dark... Uh, uh, left-wing dark money groups being like, time to riot, folks. Yeah. So here's... There's just so many other things that the marshal's office needs to worry about right now. <laughs> yeah, totally. Far more important yeah, totally. than the leak. The justice's safety is under threat. We don't want to talk about that really, but probably more now than in recent years in the past, this guy says. So, like, oh, they're actually using the threat of against Brett Kavanaugh. To say close the to investigation. To say close the investigation that brought about the violence against yeah, Brett that's Kavanaugh. What that's that was, what that was saying is that like... Was, that was fix the court. He's so, he's so yeah. worried about the workload yeah. at the Marshall's it, it sounds like... You know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like a fox wanting to close the investigation into the hen house. <laughs> totally right. It's like, there's nothing to see nothing here. Nothing to see here. Some foxes or some hens went missing. That's, <laughs> it, it's, I mean, the thing is, it's a death threat. It's, it's point blank. It's like, we've already gone for him once. The oh. left has gotten so radicalized. And, like, the way that you see that, like, AOC and Ilhan Omar try to make this a photo op, which is absolute fraud. Where, like, they're faking getting handcuffed. They think they're MLK blocking yeah. traffic and then, like, fist pumping, faking they're, like, being handcuffed. It's like we can't, <laughs> we can't, uh, we can't investigate the leak because 
I, like 150 of my friends are out front of the building right now. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta investigate them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's dude, it, listen, it's really like this guy's got balls. We got, we got we got to stay on this though, because if if we don't stay on this, Lord knows the mainstream media is gonna pretend yeah. like this never existed. Right. Yeah. Right. right. They don't want to out this person because it's like, well, then you can't leak pre-draft things, and it's against their interest. And, and right. that's the thing: the way that like the, these left-wing groups energize the left to try to cause chaos and violent mobs to show up is the same way that right wing, like all of us on the right need to hold this court accountable and find the leaker. This person who pushed this out there with the express intent of energizing the left to cause violence and, and intimidate our justices, the right needs to stay on top of this. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, last bit, Duncan, I feel like this might be something that you need to keep an eye on. Okay. Uh, there's a woman who's an influencer. She's an insta-hot. Okay. Right? Uh, she was kicked out of a supermarket for being hot mm-hmm. and wearing revealing clothing. And she's concerned because she feels like the people at the supermarket recognize her from her OnlyFans account. Oh, no. And and therefore, like, kicked her out of the store. So now with your, like, newfound figure and oh, your... Given you are, like, your insta-thought. Yeah. yeah, your insta-thought, insta-hot. Have you experienced this? Like, are Is you, this are happening you trying to, like, here to Ruthless? Because if it is, like, the people need to know. Yeah, I think so. We need to hear your side. As, I mean, as like, a, you know, like a... A sex symbol Instagram influencer. Yeah. Is this are you trying issue? to buy some steaks at the grocery store and people are cat calling you? Because it feels like it could be totally intrusive. Yeah. And you should speak to your, you speak the truth. <laughs> yeah. It's okay, Michael. You can talk. <laughs> it's not your fault. Uh, I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't happen. I'm in Ashford No, I think I have a few more pounds to go before I open my OnlyFans. Okay. Okay. You know. So no, nobody's run you out of the supermarket or anything yet? Not yet. Not yet. You, you know, I spend a lot of time. Um, he starts looking at those rump roasts. You never know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Usually the clientele around the meat and deli section aren't giving me cat calls. They aren't? No. I, okay. I, I, but I, you know what? Maybe I'm going to leave uh, Harris Teeter and venture on down to Whole Foods. Maybe see if I can get cat called over there. Dangerous territory. I know. Just you wait. I have, I have the discipline to not click on the link to see what Lara Ferrara the, inst- uh, the Instagram it's- OnlyFans influencer looks like. <laughs> Staying strong. <laughs> Stay strong, King. Stay strong. <laughs> All right, fellas, I think we did it. Absolute banger of an episode. Thank you so much to our listeners, and thank you so much for Duncan for those like Instagram selfies. <laughs> keeping us rolling out there. So, until next time, minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and owned libs. We'll see you on Thursday. Stay ruthless.